I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Jeffrey is under so much pressure from his teachers, from the parents, and from the world. He sat rocking his chair back and forth, neurotically trying to figure out how to manage it all. If only there was someone that could help young Jeffrey. Adonis. Adonis magically takes control of Jeffrey's computer and he puts on something interesting. He puts on videos of inspirational men. Jeffrey's so inspired he starts doing push-ups in his room and shouting quotes from David Goggins. Who's gonna carry the boat? Back in school after months of improving his mental health, Jeffrey is now a new man. He's walking down the corridor with confidence, holding eye contact even with the girls. He sits at the front of the class with pure concentration and his teacher hands him back the previous test. Another fantastic grade. His parents can't even believe how much he's improved, all because he improved his mental health. And then, there's you. This is a full guide on improving your mental health as a high school student. If you just put your trust in this one guide, you will come out of it as a new man. You will significantly improve your mental health and we will get real scores, real questionnaires to quantify your results right now and in the future and so we can see the impact this guide has had on your mental health. That means that you're going to get higher grades in school. It means that you're going to get physically more attractive because mentally healthier people become more attractive. It means you're going to impress your parents and anyone else that you care to impress. And most of all, it means that you're going to get the fulfillment that you've always wanted from being able to be clear-headed and focused in your work. It's very important that you watch this full guide in order without skipping around. Watch every second of this guide because we're going to cover the seven steps to improving your mental health. And later on in this video, I'm going to give you the fastest protocol to implement all of this so you can go and get real results as quickly as possible. And I'm also going to recommend you the best book that you can start reading immediately to help get even faster results. So make sure you stay near the end of this video for that. By the way, bro, you might remember that video that I posted, I fulfilled my purpose. On that video nine months ago, I said that I would 
quit YouTube, but I'm back posting videos daily again, and you should know why. Go to the description of this video right now and go click that top link and just open it up. That's where I tell the story of why I'm back on YouTube. Just keep that video ready and you can watch it after this one. Chapter 1. Why your mental health is so bad right now. The amount of work that you have in high school is inhumane. When there's been studies done to find how much work people can actually do, it always ends up at about three to six hours per day. You have school longer than that, and then you have homework, then you have the extracurricular activities, then you maybe have gym or other sports, and then you maybe have maybe some other kind of project you're working on, like growing a business. It's too much. But that being said, we can't really reduce it. And so what we can do is equip you with the skills to take on this burden. There's a quote, which I remember used to be plastered up on the walls of my school, which was, I do not pray for an easy life. I pray for the strength to bear through a difficult life. Still, this amount of work ends up feeling overwhelming. And it's a very common experience of seeing a young Jeffrey who's in school, who's not really discovered self-improvement just yet, and who is breaking down. You can probably think of your peers who are like this, who are genuinely becoming neurotic and anxious and overwhelmed and burning out because they're just trying so hard on the wrong things. They're sacrificing these poor Jeffreys, these guys who haven't even discovered self-improvement. They're sacrificing their health to try and study more and to try and get better grades. When, of course, we know that to get higher grades and to perform better in school, we need to be improving our health. We need to be sleeping even better, not sleeping less. We need to be eating cleaner, not eating fast food. But it's not even just the pressure of the workload that's the problem. It's also about your social life inside of school. If you are watching this guide, let's just be honest, you are not like the other people in school. Chances are you probably don't have that many friends. I can guess exactly what kind of person you are. You stand out and you dumb yourself down when you're next to the other people in there. You spent far too long of your valuable time consuming the same kind of pointless brain-dead media as everyone else just to try and fit in. And recently you've had enough of that and now you've been educating yourself in your spare time. You're watching these educational videos, you're listening to the health and education and productivity podcasts, you're reading books, and now you stick out even though you keep dumbing yourself down to fit in with everyone else. It's time to claim this authentic version of yourself, that you are this new version of yourself. You are that version of yourself who's on self-improvements, who's becoming more like Adonis, who doesn't want to be a Jeffrey anymore, who will not be dragged down by the crabs in a bucket. But for you to admit this, you have to understand that there is a huge problem with this kind of lifestyle that you're getting into. It is lonelier. There's far less people on the journey to becoming Adonis than in the cesspit of staying as a Jeffrey. This means that another huge cause of bad mental health is your lack of social connection. When you're alone and you look around and it seems like everyone has friends, even the toxic people, even the stupid people, it's going to hurt, but mark my words, it will hurt more if you continue pretending to be someone that you're not just so you can fit in with people that you don't even like. Stay true to this path and you will come across those other people who have stayed true to this path as well. And when you meet one of those people who's on self-improvement, who's going to the gym, who's educating themselves, 
that's when you actually develop such a great friendship with someone. That's why I'm so proud that one of the two products that I sell is all about just connecting young people who are on self-improvements. That's my community, Adonis Gang, and it's linked in the description if you're interested in that. That's why I'm so proud of the work that I've done for people like us and the amount of effort that I've put in on connecting people like us together so that we stay on this path, but we also have friends on this path. There's an action step that I'm gonna get you to do in just a few moments. But before that, I wanna to explain to you the three kinds of people that you need to keep in mind. The bottom level, the absolute worst kind of person that we fucking hate are the crabs. You know that analogy of crabs in a bucket? When you put multiple crabs in a bucket, naturally they'll try and climb out of the bucket. But what happens is the crabs who are below the one who's climbing out will for some reason snip at his legs and pull him back down. This is exactly what you see in probably 10 to 20% of the population. They will actively, purposefully try to drag you back down and slow down your self-improvement journey. They are genuinely evil people. They want worse for you. They are genuinely bad people who will ruin your life and you know exactly which one of like your old group of friends is the crab. Those are the toxic, horrible people that you want to create as much distance to as possible. When they hear you getting into the gym, they'll call you gay for it and they'll gaslight you and say that you're weird and that you're too obsessive and you're narcissistic and they'll throw all these big terms at you when you're just trying to be healthier. If they ever saw you watching a video like this, they would directly insult you to your face. These are horrible people. We hate the crabs. Then, probably around 80% of people are Jeffreys. Jeffreys are people who haven't discovered self-improvement and they just go wherever the world is taking them. Unfortunately, the world is run by evil entrepreneurs, people who make social media companies, people who make porn companies, video game companies, junk food. And so these big companies have got such a hold on the Jeffreys. The Jeffreys don't know about self-improvement. They don't know about meditation. They can't even sit through and watch a video like this because their attention span is so weak, which is unfortunate because that means they can't even educate themselves anymore. We don't hate the Jeffreys because we understand why they're like this. We understand that the modern world is genuinely like hooked up in a way to make it severely addictive to our primal caveman brain and nervous system. And so we emphasize with the Jeffreys, as long as they have a, a relatively kind and nice personality, we understand how difficult it was to, for example, be addicted to porn and not even know about the concept of nofap. We pity the Jeffreys, but we don't hate them. We understand their pain. And then less than 1% of people are in the final category, just like Adonis, the ultimate man. You do not have to be perfect in all ways to feel like an Adonis, but rather you have to feel like you are right now living up to your current potential. If you feel like you are really pushing yourself to improve, this is now your new identity. And you say to yourself, I am an Adonis. I am this one percenter. I am so different from the Jeffreys and especially from the crabs. Adonis is the ultimate man, the tribe leader, the man at the top who is helping those below him. When the crabs are snipping everyone's legs and pulling them back down, Adonis is at the top of the bucket, reaching his muscular arm down into the bucket and pulling other people up to him. He's the leader who is helping others. First, he helped himself. 
He filled up his own cup and now he's pouring his own cup into others because his cup is just overflowing because of self-improvement. This is where you want to get to, but more importantly, you want to make sure you stay here. You stay humble. You keep learning. As you're learning right now, this is a fantastic sign. It's very important that we just covered that because one of the worst things for your mental health is being around the crabs. The crabs will absolutely traumatize you. And you need to right now think about the 80-20 rule. Which 20% of people do you know who are crabs? And you must do everything it takes to take a big step back from those people and have as little to zero interaction with them as possible. Because with every step that you take on self-improvement, they will drag you down. They will pull you back. They will make you feel so bad for trying to just improve your life. Now, here's your action step for this part of this guide. We want you to get a score so that we can quantify your mental health. Like you can literally have a score for your mental health. We can see how bad it is. And then a few weeks from now, we can get you to take the same questionnaire again and see the difference in this numerical format. Because usually mental health is so wishy-washy. It's just in the mind and it's very hard to see if we've made real progress. It's just based on how you feel, but your emotions change. This way, we get a quantitative snapshot of how you're feeling right now. So this is exactly what you do. The top link in the description is the UK's National Health Services Mental Health Questionnaire. Click on that link and just follow the steps on there and you'll get a depression and anxiety score. Make sure you save that, comment it below and screenshot it so that you've saved it. One very important thing as you're doing this questionnaire is just to remember, you have to get the sort of formatting of the questions right. Specifically, the questions are asking you how many days over the last two weeks you have felt the current symptom that it's asking you about. So it's important that you almost visualize or look at your calendar and think about the last two weeks before this date. Okay, of these 14 days before today, how many days did I feel this current symptom? Probably like, probably half of them, yeah? That's how you answer it. Once you've got your score, make sure you save it, comment it below because it'll be saved there. And make sure you continue watching this guide up until the end because I'm gonna give you a plan of action that will let you half those symptoms. That's right, you will literally half the score that you got in two weeks. Many people live with poor mental health for years. And in just two weeks, we're going to half the negative symptoms that you're getting. I'll be giving you that full plan of action and also the perfect book to read for this later on in this guide to keep watching. Chapter two, the five benefits of taking this full guide. When you improve your mental health, you'll make more money. Many young guys are wanting to start online businesses these days, but they're really struggling. They have this weird information overload, decision fatigue. They're trying to constantly decide which business model to get into and they're just fake researching more and more and more, never taking action, certainly never really getting results. Those results that you want in business or maybe in your future career, it will come from you having a clear and sharp brain. Of course it would. What does your earning capacity correlate to if not just how powerful your brain is? But when you have poor mental health and your brain isn't working the same way and it's constantly foggy and it's constantly just overthinking, you're not making any, any money, you're not taking any action. You follow this guide and your brain will be way more capable to take more action, make more progress in business and you will make your first dollar online. And from that point, all it takes is just to repeat the process and you'll start making more and more money. And you can start to like help your parents and feel awesome that you are this new online entrepreneur. Taking this guide and improving your mental health is also gonna help you perform better in school. The kids who have better mental health always get 
better grades. If you just imagine to yourself right now, like the exam hall, the place where you take the exams, Jeffrey walks in, he's had a fuck ton of caffeine, he hasn't even slept last night because he's been studying all night long, he's anxious, he's nervous, he's neurotic, and he's panicking. Adonis floats in calmly. He's done an hour of meditation this morning, his mind is shot. Who's going to perform better in this exam? It's common sense. So many students overlook the importance of mental health when they're just focused on studying as much as possible and they don't realize that they could literally get higher grades if they actually studied less but improve their mental health more. You'll be like that unique student where everyone else will be thinking like, how doesn't he study as much as me, but he gets higher grades than me? How is that possible? Following this guide, improving your mental health means you're also gonna improve your attention span. You've seen so much today that so many people's attention span are so fried. Everyone's addicted to dopamine. Everyone's been watching YouTube shorts and TikTok. When you improve your mental health, your attention span will improve, which means that you'll be able to stay focused on what the teacher is saying at the front of the class so much more. When I was in school, I couldn't focus. And so when the teacher would be writing something on the board, my mind was running away thinking about the video game that I was addicted to or the girl that I had a crush on. You don't want that. When the teacher's teaching, you want to be able to just fully focus onto her. This is one of the most interesting benefits. When you follow this guide and you improve your mental health, you will literally get sick less. When you improve your mental health, your immune system improves as well. Optimistic and happy people get significantly less colds and flus than people who are quite pessimistic and unhappy. And this one is even more interesting. There was a study done on nuns when they were in their teenage years or early adult years and they looked at their journal entries, like what these nuns were writing in their diaries. And just by seeing how positive or negative these journal entries were, psychologists were able to correctly predict how long those nuns would live to. Think about how crazy that is. The nuns, the religious women, the ones who wrote very positive journal entries when they were in their teenage years and in their 20s, something like, you know, they, they feel so blessed, it's another amazing day, whatever. They were statistically way more likely to live into their 90s than the nuns who wrote anything negative. And this is a 70-year difference. The way you write in your journal today can predict how long you'll live. Because again, mental health is of course going to be correlated to longevity. How crazy is that? We could take your journal today or your iPhone notes and just see if it's positive or negative. You know, if you're optimistic or if you're pessimistic, if all your stuff is all sad and depressive, or if you're hopeful and energetic and you're constantly setting goals and thinking for the future. And we can literally predict if you'll live longer or shorter because of that. It makes you want to just take action and reframe the way that you're looking at the world and then the way that you're writing in your journals and the way that you're writing notes on your phone. You want it to be in this positive, optimistic mindset. Chapter three, six things that actually make us happy. There's a huge misunderstanding that many people, most people have when it comes to improving their mental health. Most people think that they'll be mentally happy if they go and achieve all those goals that have been put onto them by the system, you know, like the education system, the media, the world. Most people believe that, for example, getting good grades makes them happy. It won't. With every study that's been found on students who got good grades, they basically had the same mental health a few hours after receiving the grade as a student who got poor grades. 
Many people think that buying the new thing or increasing how much money they make will improve their mental health. It won't. Again, so many studies have found that we have no idea what it takes to actually make us happy because when I walk you through these six things that will genuinely make you happy, you will be so surprised. The first one is so interesting and it's called negative visualization. Now, just before we said that we want to have this optimistic mindset throughout the day, and that's perfect, you know, like those nuns and they wrote in like the positive way. We want to have this optimistic, positive mindset where we're constantly, you know, like thinking happy thoughts, not not in a fake way, but we're constantly reframing everything. So when something bad happens, we don't just say like obnoxiously say to ourselves like, no, it's good. It's good that I got, you know, hurt by someone else. But rather we say to ourselves, OK, what's the learning lesson from this? How can I improve because of this? What's interesting is that intense, short periods of negative visualization where you basically like imagine something horrible happening in your mind and then you go back to your normal 24-7 positive, optimistic state, this can drastically improve your mental health. So negative visualization is when you close your eyes, do this with me, close your eyes, and you see something really, really like sad or unhappy happening. For example, if you think about being in your house right now, there's basically a few places where you almost always see your mother. She's either in the bedroom or the living room or the kitchen. You basically see her there every single day. What if in this visualization you start seeing her getting unhealthier, unhealthier, unhealthier? She's got this doctor's appointment coming up and she's feeling stressed about it, but your whole family saying, nah, sure it won't be anything. And what if she does come back with tears in her eyes and she's got some bad news to tell you? You're almost in disbelief. You can't imagine that this is actually the truth that your mother's been told that she doesn't actually have much longer to live. And the bad news has infested her mind. And so she went from looking like an ordinary, healthy mother to withering away so much quicker. And if we teleport you now into the hospital with her in the bed and she looks significantly older, you've got that horrible dry throat pain, that lump in your throat, that pain in your chest in and out of the hospital, trying to manage it with your schoolwork, trying to manage it with your friends and the girl that you want to get with. And the worst does happen. She does pass away. When you do drive home with your father and with your siblings, it's like a silence, weeping ride home. And you get back home and she isn't there. You can distract yourself for today. You can go onto your computer. You can watch some YouTube videos. You can scroll on your phone. And when it's in the middle of the night when you're sleeping, you've got this sense of sadness and you can't really, you don't really remember why you're almost questioning like, wait, why am I sad again? Like why? And then it hits you. That loss that can never be reclaimed. And when you wake up the next day and every other day after that and you go downstairs 
she's not in the few spots that she used to be. That's one version of reality. You can open your eyes now. We've just done a practice of negative visualization. And you certainly don't feel mentally healthy right now. But what if you now think about the fact that your mother is alive? There's a version of you, like this alternative reality that we've just created in our mind where you would have traded all the money in the world for your mother to be sat in the spot that she is right now as you listen to these words. She is there right now. You would have paid millions of dollars to have her there right now. You would have paid $100,000 for the ability to go downstairs and to give her a hug and to look her in the eyes and say that I love you. I know that this sounds weird, but I love you and I appreciate you. And you have that opportunity right now. You can see how powerful this is. And so to finish off this actionable step, go and take action with whatever desire you have right now. Maybe you want to send her a message. Maybe you want to go and see, see her or talk to her. Because now you've actually opened your mind to the possibility of her not being in your life anymore. Negative visualization is very, very powerful. And you can do this with people. You can do this with things. You can even do this with your own hands. You can think to yourself, what if I lost a hand? What if I, I broke my leg and I always walked with a limp? I'd pay a million dollars not to lose my hand. And you've got it right now. You could look at your hand with awe right now and think to yourself, I would pay like a million, I would pay tens of millions of dollars to not lose this hand. And he here I am in this kind of strange way, appreciating my hand for the first time just since childhood. When we get to a certain age, we just get used to all these like magnificent things like our family, like our limbs, and we don't appreciate them anymore. And so when you do negative visualization, you visualize losing that thing. And then when you come back into reality, you feel so good that you've got it again. And it makes you appreciate these things that we take for granted. It's a very powerful process. And when I walk people through that, there's usually a lot of tears. If you're crying right now, I'm sorry I made you cry, but you can, you can um, take a few minutes scroll down to the comments, write your experience there. I'm sure there's other guys who are saying that they started tearing up through that as well. And now we'll move on. The second way to improve your mental health is through social connection, which basically just means being around other people in this nice, happy mood. So I remember there was a very interesting study with this where before people were getting onto a train, the researchers went up to them. So imagine you're in a train station and you're going somewhere like to school or to work, okay? And imagine a researcher comes up to you and says, do you want to be in this experiment? We'll give you like five bucks or something. You're like, yeah, sure. And they say, okay, if you spoke to a random stranger on the train, do you think you'd be happier or unhappier? And the majority of people would put unhappier, like it'd feel awkward. I don't want to speak to a stranger. I just want to put my earphones in. The majority of people would. I'm sure that quite a, a higher percentage of people watching this video would probably say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know, speaking to a stranger is nice. But the, 
on on average, the majority of people would actually say, no, I wouldn't want to do it. It'd be awkward. It'd be uncomfortable. Then the researchers tell you, okay, we've just done some random number selection thing. You're part of the participants who will have to speak to a stranger on the train today. And we want to just see how it'll affect your mental health. Most people go into this thinking, oh, it's going to be awkward. You know, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to speak to a stranger. It's going to make me feel like unhappier, you know, unpresence, less mentally healthy. What do you think happened? The participants who ended up speaking to the stranger had a significant boost to their mental health compared to the ones who just commuted like normal. What we can conclude from that is that speaking to a stranger or speaking to anyone, even when you don't even feel like it, is actually still good for your mental health because we are tribal creatures. And it is absurd the way that we live these days. When you just think about the concept of like public transport, if you think about the concept of a train, think about how absurd that is when we still have the same caveman brain and nervous system, how odd it is. For example, the concept of a gym, that's weird in the modern day. Think about it. Dangerous positions that you put yourself into when you're bench pressing, when you're squatting, and strangers, people who are neutral in your mind. Imagine we were back in the caveman days and you saw a stranger very quickly, within seconds, you would categorize them into friend or foe. You go up to them, analyze their body language, and see, okay, are they part of my tribe? Oh, yes, they are part of my tribe. Okay, come on, come on, let's go. Or you'd see, wait, they're not part of my tribe. I'm basically going to have to fucking butcher this other man right now. Can you imagine this interaction? If you imagine yourself literally just naked in a field and you've got a big fucking rock in your hand and there's a random man next to you and you're literally going to see, okay, do I, can I recognize you? If not, I'm going to have to try and bash your fucking skull in. This was reality and our brain and body is not that different from those times. There were no such things as strangers back then. Very quickly, you identified if this person was friend or foe and after that, you took the necessary actions. These days, we're around strangers all the time. You're there doing bench press right now in the gym, and basically 99% of the people in the gym are strangers. You haven't identified if they are friend or foe. You don't know if they're in your tribe or not. You actually don't know if they'd hurt you. Like, you don't actually. You know, we have this almost this false sense of certainty of this security that, yeah, yeah, of course, like, you know, it's not going to happen to me. No one's ever going to hurt me. But that subtle sense of anxiety is inside of us where we know that people could actually hurt us we know that we can get hurt and it, it pains our caveman nervous system to constantly be around strangers and so why i think this study was so important is because they told random participants make one person in this train cart make one of them no longer a stranger just one and they had a significant boost to their mental health because of that. You know how it can feel very anxiety inducing if you were moved to like a different class and you don't know anyone in there? That's that same nervous system. When you walk in your, your caveman brain, it is trying to find out if any of these people here are friend or foe. That's why it's so hard to be in like school or to switch schools or to go to like random different classes. This is how we live these days. We just, we're surrounded by strangers and it's not good for our mental health. 
Now, we can complain about this and get sad and hate the modern world, or we can think to ourselves, okay, what do we do about it? Well, we do exactly what those participants did. One by one, we turn as many strangers as possible into friends. We speak to as many people as we come across. Now, of course, in the middle of a busy, hustling city, you can't do that. People are on their way, whatever, whatever. But in the gym, what's stopping you today when you go to the gym speaking to a stranger in there? What's stopping you just holding eye contact with one person and just giving them like a casual like, oh, you're right, hello, something like that, and speaking to, oh, what's up, bro? You could literally get into the flow of it. And even by the end of today, you could have said hello to 10 random strangers that your subconscious like nervous system was quickly able to identify. Oh, yeah, they're, they're probably a friend. They're not going to hurt me. Otherwise, you're just in there, head down, hoodie up, earphones in, and hoping that, you know, like, you feel better soon, and you're in this, like, you know, you feel like it helps your gym session because you're in this grunty mode and everything. But actually, feeling safer is probably going to help your gym session a bit more when, you know, the anxiety increases cortisol, cortisol decreases testosterone. Basically, we just want you to create more social connections and to speak to more strangers because this way you'll improve your mental health. People with great mental health always spend less time alone than people with bad mental health and so just ask yourself right now which group are you in because the amount of time that you spend with people almost perfectly will correlate with how good you feel and how happy you are and we've just found out before that your mental health correlates with your grades with making money with your attention span so if you want those things even if you're in the Sigma male lone wolf grind mode, the results that you want, the money, the grades, you'd actually be more likely to get those things if you improved your mental health. And one of the most important ways to do that, social connection. But there's a reason why many young guys won't believe this. There's a reason why so many people won't want to take action with this because your experience of your social life disagrees with the research, doesn't it? The research statistically proves that happier people, mentally healthier people, have more social time. You don't really want to take action on that because to you, you have associated social time with spending time with crabs and Jeffreys. This is why. So your current paradigm, your thinking of what social life is like is skewed because you've basically only been around Jeffries and Crabs. You've never been around other like fellow Adonises. And so that's why your perception of social life is so poor and you're thinking, oh, I don't really need it. You know, maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll make some friends, but I don't really care. I've had friends before. It hasn't been that important. If you had a group of friends who were like you, who were grinding the gym every day, who were watching videos like this, who were making money in their businesses, who were productive, who were on NoFap, who were like developing their character, you would love it. You would feel amazing if you had that. That's what the icon, like that's what the goal is going to be for us to help you to set up. Don't allow your previous experiences, shitty experiences of friendship to infiltrate the idea of friendship. Friendship is an amazing, vital thing. It's just that previously your friends were not real friends. We need to make you some real friends with some good people, with some people who are on this path. It's difficult, you know, because the advice that you'll always see with how to, you know, make friends who aren't losers is like, oh, join a club. The truth is you join a club, like a martial arts club, you go there and it's all guys who are older than you and you don't really relate to that. You go outside 
and you think, okay, you know, I'll just go outside and I'll just speak to random people. You look around and there's basically no one your age who are, who's outside. You go to the gym, sometimes there's like a guy there who looks your age, but then you often don't speak to him because you feel a little bit shy. And then you just cope and then you forget about the concept of like making friends for a long time. It's very unlikely that you're going to find a guy who's like you, who's on self-improvement, who's becoming like an Adonis out randomly, you know, like just you're randomly going to stumble upon them. It's, it's so unlikely that happens every few years that you randomly come across like a new friend that you find. And so you need to use internet communities. You need to join communities. You need to use the internet and find the people there. And that's when you end up finding people who are in your country and in your city and you can make friendships there. And so I just want to spend a few minutes telling you about my product. You can skip this bit if you want, but if you're really interested in this section, I've spent years in this space and one of the things i've heard the most is that young guys like us are struggling to meet other guys who are on this wavelength and so i have two products adonis gang is the really affordable one where even guys from any country any age can afford it it's just five dollars a month and that's specifically for the guys who just want to join and make some friends that like are on self-improvement that are becoming adonises and that's linked below and that's where i even do meetups as well so every few months i'm literally hosting like a massive event where 50 100 guys will come out we'll go hike up a massive mountain i hire like trainers for it cameramen everything and so if you want a ticket to come to one of those that's also in, in adonis gang but other guys like the thousands of members who are in adonis gang they're hosting their own meetups and they're saying like oh like gym workout in prague or switzerland workout and, and we're doing a, a restaurant here and we're going to do this activity here so you join you can see people who are in your country you can message them you can join the the video calls it's just absolutely amazing because you can join and find a guy who's basically just like you who's probably watch this video who's read the same books as you and who's even in the same city as you so you can literally create real life friendships from an internet community just like that and it's only five bucks a month for Adonis Gang. Then Adonis School is the one which is a bit more, ex a lot more expensive. And so it's not for like, you know, the, the younger guys or anything, but it's more for some of the older guys who want to meet other guys who are now on your, like the next level of your self-improvement journey. Adonis School has got calls with me. We've got coaches. It's like the next level. So when you have the money for that, you can consider joining that. That's linked below as well. Scroll down to the description and choose which one you want, Adonis Gang or Adonis School, and just go open that link right now. There's something I've personally found really interesting. You've probably seen before that loads of studies say that religious people live longer and healthier lives. And what's interesting is that researchers have now found that that's specifically because of the social connection that religious people have. When they take that away and they have a religious person who doesn't really socially connect with others. So for example, they still are like, you know, a person of faith, they practice the religion, but they don't do the social things like going to church or going to the mosque. They actually have the exact same like longevity lifespan as everyone else. So the, the reason why religious people are healthier is just because they often are more social. So if you want that same benefit, think to yourself right now, I am going to be more social for the rest of my life. I don't want to live a life where I don't have brotherhood. I don't want to live a life where I don't have like the beautiful feminine woman by my side because it's unhealthy. And those goals that you have of making money, those goals that you have of getting higher grades, of building the body, you'll be more, not less, but more likely to do them if you have that supportive brotherhood, if you have the friends by your side, if you have that woman by your side. So this is something, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is something that I struggle with because I'll often get into these like monk mode periods where, you know, I just want to grind. I just want to focus on my goals. I want to grow my YouTube channel. I want to grow my business. And I often have to remind myself, 
the way to get that isn't from isolating yourself and starting to develop unhealthy habits. It sounds like common sense, but the way to get that is to live the healthier life where your brain works better. And that's how you get to the next level. That's how you're like, you just perform better in every exam. This is, this isn't a real statistic, but it's just probably an, like a good estimate. You'll probably get three to 5% higher grades if you had at least one good friend in your life. You would get in the exam that you're about to get, you're like destined to get, let's say 72%. But if you just suddenly made a friend today, that would actually go up to about 75 or 78. Now, if you met a bad friend who was encouraging you to take drugs and to waste time and everything, yeah, it would go down. But if you met a good friend who was also studying hard, you would get so much better results. You want to make an online business. What could be better than meeting a guy who's already been making like $500 every month from his? This is the shortcut to so much success in life and also to just feeling mentally better. This is the action step for you right now. Organize a video call with someone right now. Maybe there's someone you know already and you've got them on your phone, your WhatsApp. Send them a message and say, oh, hey, let's call at, you know, 3 p.m., 7 p.m. today. Maybe you don't really know anyone that you could do a call with, which I would be surprised you probably know, but you've like kind of closed your mind off to it. There's family, there's friends, there's people that you probably know that you could at least send a message to, but you're a little bit like insecure that you don't want to. And if you really feel like you have absolutely no one to speak to, then you can do the same thing where you can go and get your Discord username and put it as the comments below. You can join Adonis Gang and there's always like, there's a what's called a 24 seven link there. So you can just click that link and you're just there automatically. Organize this video call for today and just remind yourself this is actually in a weird way going to improve my grades. Go and do that action step right now. Go and organize it and then come back to this guide. The third way to improve your mental health is with kindness to others. Mentally healthy people do more things for others than they do often for themselves. Because if you imagine Jeffrey and Adonis... And let's say Jeffrey and Adonis have this same money. Let's say Adonis recently gave away all of his wealth as like a, a nice, you know, gesture experiment. And so Adonis only has like $50 in his pocket. Jeffrey only has $50 in his pocket. They both enter a restaurant. Jeffrey eats, pays his bill of $26, waits around for his change, takes it, all of the pennies and leaves. And his mindset is like, oh, well, no, I can't tip. You know, I don't have enough money. Adonis eats. Pays his bill, which is the same price, $26. And honestly, in this situation, even though it might not be realistic in the real world, you can imagine Adonis tipping the rest of the, like how much money he's got, the other $24. Maybe in a more realistic situation, okay, we'll give five, we'll give 10. But you could actually imagine Adonis in this situation would be in such a happy mood to say to the waitress, and this is for you. What's interesting is when Jeffrey and Adonis leave this restaurant, Adonis is the one whose mental health has improved because of that act of kindness. And you know what's super interesting about that? When they get home and they work on their businesses, because Adonis has better mental health of that act of kindness, he's just got a sale in his business, $3,000. Jeffrey's mental health isn't as good and he doesn't get a sale today or tomorrow. So in a weird way, Hoarding the money makes you less money. This is a belief that'll be hard to explain to you, 
but many many rich guys have found this like when a man begins to make a ridiculous amount of money i'm talking fifty thousand dollars a month so you make in a month more than most people make in a year when you get to that level you start to realize that money is so much more abundant than you ever realized and you almost laugh at people who kind of hoard it in and who need to save it and everything because you realize like money just comes and goes there's so much money in the world how do you not have like a million of it for yourself you don't you have like that kind of attitude and you realize that if you have this psychological like scarcity mindset with money it will actually evade you you'll make less money so there's truth of this in both ways if you're looking at it in only the mental health way or you're looking at it in more of like the rich man's psychology way both of them prove that if you are more kind with your with your money and you're more generous you will get more of it back there's another study for this that i've read participants are given five dollars or twenty dollars and they're told to either spend it on themselves or spend it on someone else. Before they go and do that, these participants are asked how they think it'll impact their mental health. Imagine you entered the room and the psychologist came up to you and said, here's $5, but you can't spend it on yourself. You've got to go spend it on someone else. How do you think it's going to make you feel spending it on someone else compared to spending it on yourself? And most people, maybe if you're not going to lie, would actually say, oh, I kind of would have preferred just, you know, keeping it for myself. I think I would have been happier if I spent it on myself. I think I'm going to be sadder if I spend it on someone else. The truth, which you can imagine, was the exact opposite. When people spent money on someone else, like just $5, they got like a significant, it was like a 2 out of 10 happiness boost, which is, that's huge. To spend only a few dollars around like less than an hour's minimum wage in your country to make this equal for everyone in different countries. If you spend less than an hour's minimum wage, probably about 30 minutes minimum wage on someone else, you get about a 20% happiness boost, which in a weird way can equate to thousands, if not even tens of thousands of dollars when you then put that better mental health into your grades, into your business. This, so this is a weird hack that I've started doing that I want you to really consider where you give out multiple small amounts of like gifts, like, you know, money, tips to waitresses, you know, something you got for your friend, knowing that one, it's nice for them, but that two, the happiness boost that you get will fuel you for better work, which is actually like a better ROI. This is like a weird game of leverage where you're spending $5 and in a weird way, you're getting 20 back. And that's if you're like broke, right? If you spend $5 and you've got that happiness boost and you then get slightly better grades or you go and make a tiny bit of money in your online business, this is made, this is paid for itself. But when you get richer and you still give a waitress like $5, $10, but then you have the happiness boost in your work, that leverage is so much higher. So starting from now, we want you to do these acts of kindness very frequently. Because what was so interesting was that some participants weren't given $5, they were given $20. And they actually got roughly the same happiness boost as the ones giving $5 away. So what this showed was the amount that you give doesn't really matter. So my takeaway from this is we want not just more money that we're giving away, but to more people. So keep it at about what is 30 minutes of your country's minimum wage. So in the UK, it's roughly like minimum wage is roughly like eight pounds. So about four pounds, five pounds and give that to a higher quantity of people. So every time you get like a, a coffee somewhere, 
tip the waitress. You're not just doing it for her, even though it'll help her. You're doing it also for yourself because it will make you more mentally healthy. And also, you can imagine this ties into the social connection, doesn't it? Because imagine you started doing this. You would feel more socially connected to the people around you in your town or everywhere else. And it, when you do this often, it really feels like you're leaving like these friendly trails of gratitude everywhere you go. You feel like this like really wholesome, loving, amazing person. You might have a limiting belief and say, oh no, but I'm too broke for that. But that's exactly what Jeffrey thought. In that situation that I told you about Jeffrey and Adonis in the restaurant, they both had $50. Jeffrey had this mindset that he was too broke for that. Maybe you've got $15, maybe you've got $10 right now. That would make it more special. That's like a story you'll be telling for fucking 10 years. If you had $10 right now and you went and bought like a $2 uh, water bottle or, you know, $4 coffee or something, and you ended up tipping the rest of everything that you had for this random like waitress who really helps you, that's a story that you'd probably still be telling 10 years from now when you're fucking rich and you're telling everyone that I gave my last dollar away. And still, 10 years from now, it brings a smile to your face. That's $6 or $5 that you've tipped it. That's the highest return on investment that you're bought probably ever get in your life so don't don't bring the the limiting belief that so many young guys will say is oh but i'm not rich enough for this i don't have enough money you know in the future i'll do it bro don't fucking bring that here oh tomorrow i'll do it oh later on i'll do it in the future when i make more money from my business then i'll do it because you know that that mindset of like yeah future me will deal with it has never served you so far and when you were going for the third fucking fap of the day and you'd say oh yeah i'll just start no fat properly from tomorrow when you're eating that stuff in your face like a fat pig and say oh well i'll just eat the the real diet tomorrow i'll just clean up my diet tomorrow you never did it and it ruined your life. You start the good thing today. You don't delay it. You know this now. So if you know that this is a good idea, don't allow that same weak part of your brain that's hindered your progress to just keep you stuck again. When you see that this is good for you and you can believe it, don't allow the Jeffrey part of your brain to make this like something you just procrastinate on and then by tomorrow or two days later, you've just kind of forgotten about it. This could change. Like if you just did this, one, two, three days a week for the rest of your life, th this would change the trajectory of your future so much if you just tipped a few dollars in a few random places that you went to. If you just ordered like a nice book, self-improvement book for like this one guy that you know who's on self-improvement and you gifted it to him. This would change your future if you allow it without bullshitting, without coping, without making excuses and saying, but I don't have. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
the money for that. There's so many guys I can imagine in third world countries will say this. They'll say, oh, but I'm in India. I don't have the money. No, but remember, this isn't about spending $5. This is about half an hour of your country's minimum wage. It's always the equivalent. So in, if you're from India, for example, when you go past one of the little shops, you buy a bottle of water for your friend. You buy a nice drink for him. You buy his lunch at school today. Just think about Jeffrey and Adonis in that restaurant. They had the same amount of money, but Jeffrey thought to himself, they, oh, well, I don't have enough. I've got to, you know, I've got to keep it. Interestingly, Adonis gave more and he ended up getting more later on. And I've not even told you about the best benefit you're going to get from this. Improving your mental health when you do this act of kindness is nice. You know why so many young guys are going to love this? Another study found that when you do these random acts of kindness and you give away, you know, the $5 and you tip or you buy the water bottle for a friend, what actually happens is you lower your cortisol. Cortisol is kind of like the counter of testosterone. So cortisol is kind of like stress and testosterone is like the male sexual hormone that we want to increase because it makes us more manly. It'll deepen our voice. We'll get you know, better, bigger muscles, we'll grow muscles faster, we'll be more competitive, our dick gets harder, we want more testosterone, right? And you've probably heard before, cortisol lowers testosterone. And so when we lower cortisol, we expect a boost in testosterone. This study found that when you do these acts of kindness, you lower cortisol. I'll be honest with you, this study didn't then test their testosterone, but in general, it is a widely accepted belief that if you lower cortisol, your testosterone will rise because of that. So in other words, the way that I'm concluding this and I'm telling this to my men, do these acts of kindness and you'll increase your testosterone, which you can really imagine. If you imagine yourself in the restaurant or cafeteria or the shop today, and you are that guy who tips the waitress like $5 as you hold her eye contact and she's like proper thanking you, or you get the water bottle for your friend and you say, oh, bro, I got this for you. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. Everyone is welcoming you. You feel more like part of the tribe. You feel accepted. You feel like your highest status in the tribe. Of course, that's going to then give you the, the result of increased testosterone too. This is probably one of the cheapest ways to increase your testosterone. You don't need the supplements. You don't need the steroids or TRT. Just buy a water bottle for someone. You might be thinking about the financial cost of this. So a few years ago, it was so popular for all like the finance YouTubers and all those gurus and the authors to write about like the compound effect that if you bought a coffee every day that you'd lose like millions of dollars over your entire lifestyle. Since then, so many guys have proven that that was complete bullshit, that all these little finance dickheads are telling you like, oh, if you spend $2 a day, you'll become broke. No, you only get rich through business and through making a fuck ton of money, like tens of thousands of dollars a month in your early years. That's the way to get rich. Saving money on a coffee, if you compound it for 70 years, just shut up, right? We don't believe that. But even then, if think about this bullshit compound interest coffee every day, you know, I'm saying, okay, this tipping a waitress every day, that's going to add up to a fair amount of money over your life, right? But imagine the compounded effect of doing something like this, this act of kindness a few times a week on your mental health and therefore on your brain's performance in your work and your studies. This is actually going to give you so much more money than trying to save every like dollar that you have and thinking to yourself, yes, you know, I'm one dollar closer to my goal. If you reinvest that dollar into an act of kindness, you'll then increase how much more money you're going to make tomorrow and you'll make more money, not just the, the dollar back you'll make more. So don't have the fear that doing this is going to mean that you can't hit your like financial goals. 
I actually think doing this is a prerequisite to your financial goals. There's many guys who are watching this section who won't believe it, who are totally and utterly broke, don't even have a thousand dollars in their bank account, are quite frankly stupid and unintelligent and uneducated when it comes to making money, but they'll disagree with this advice and listen to their own like thinking. Which think about how absurd that is. There's people out there whose whose brain has kept them broke. And they'll keep listening to their brain instead of a guy who's giving you the advice that I used to go from being broke to making a fuck ton of money. There's actually like an absurdity there that when it comes to money, people's brain just turns off and they're like, nope, got to follow the, the conditions and brainwashing that was put on to me as a, as a kid. Yeah, and how's that working out for you? So if you feel the scarcity mentality right now and you're thinking like, oh, but I don't want to spend like, you know, I'm trying to save up money and stuff. Just understand like if you're still broke, this thinking hasn't actually helped you. Some people can't be helped when it comes to money. Honestly, it's such a sensitive subject. Some people can't be helped, but hopefully you're watching this thinking, okay, I'm just going to try this advice and I'll see. And if I get some kind of like productivity or testosterone boost, then yeah, it's probably worth it. By the way, everything that you've watched in this video so far, I actually recorded a few days ago. And now I'm sitting down to record the next part of this because these full guides that I make, they take me like multiple days to just record, never mind scripting, researching, learning everything. So I feel very purposeful putting in that amount of work just to try and help you. So let's continue. So there's a way that you can improve your mental health in this really beautiful, philosophical and spiritual way. And that's through understanding the flow state. Now, maybe after this video you're watching right now, you might want to go and watch my full guide, which I made on achieving a flow state. I'll explain to you briefly in just a few minutes here. But if you really find this interesting, just remember what I'm telling you. I've done a whole like free to watch one, one and a half hour guide step by step, like how to exactly get into a flow state. Basically, a flow state is those moments when you're really in the zone and your mind quietens down. It's always when you're doing something relatively challenging. So a lot of athletes, when they're doing some kind of competition, that's when they'll tell you like, oh, I just got into the zone. That's when you hear no thoughts in your brain and you perform at your best. That's very good for your mental health. And you can tell why, because it'll just make you feel so awesome about yourself. The issue is, so many people, especially young people, live in ways where they don't even have a chance to get into a flow state. The biggest problem that you have, the reason why you may not be experiencing like this beautiful experience of the flow is because you don't do the kind of tasks where you could get into a flow state. Basically, you only get into a flow state if you're doing something which is challenging, but you're also good at it. So for example, if you've been going to the gym for a year or two years, and now you come in and you aim to hit a PR, that's probably when you're gonna hit a flow. If you've been training in martial arts and you've got a competition coming up, you're probably gonna hit flow. But truthfully, if you're like studying and you don't really like studying and you're just trying to do the homework, but you don't really want to, then you're watching some TV, then you're going on TikTok, it's not gonna help you. You can imagine how, how bad the lives are for the amount of guys who are young in high school and they literally come home from school and all they do is just consume, they just scroll on TikTok. And that's so bad for your mental health because there's no chance you're gonna get in like any kind of flow state which makes you feel awesome about your potential there. Just realize one thing here, the best moments in your life 
are likely not going to be the relaxing ones where you're just doing something mundane, like watching YouTube videos, including one like this. The best moment in your life is likely going to be some kind of challenging experience. And yet we, we hide away from those experiences, don't we? So as an action step, I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to answer this somewhere that you can write it down. So maybe you can do the comments below this video or you can um, use a notepad or whatever, right? Just answer this question. What activity often puts you into a flow state? Try and answer that question and see if you've got an activity that puts you in the zone already. Like you feel awesome. You feel like you're conquering the activity. You don't hear the words in your brain anymore. If you feel stuck and you're thinking to yourself, but I don't really have one. That's a little bit of a problem. If you are one of those many people who don't have those flow state activities, go and watch my full guide on flow state, on focus, after you finish watching this one. The other part of this section is fun. So a part of the flow state comes in the enjoyable, fun activity that you get to play in. Many people are spending their entire lives basically in just work mode. And I totally understand it because as masculine men, that's what we're often like pulled towards. We just want to work. We want to grind. We want to level up. That's awesome. But if you miss out on some of the fun mindset and the playful times, you can start to suffer in your mental health. But this is where so many guys get it wrong. And you probably know so many Jeffries that do this. They say that they need to have some fun. They need to have some relaxation time. And so they start playing video games. They start just scrolling, watching movies. That's not the kind of fun that we're talking about here because we know that that stuff is unhealthy. Fries your dopamine receptors, turns you into a loser. You don't want to be having that kind of fun. The reason why I'm doing this is because that stuff isn't even fun. A, a video gamer will tell you like he plays video games for fun. If you stood and watched him play, you'd see him play like this. Oh. Oh, I almost got him. Oh, recall, real. Not smiling, not laughing. How is it fun if you're not even smiling? Real fun comes from these real life activities and it basically will be the exact same way that you used to play with your friends when you were younger. So this might sound weird as me, an adult, implementing this, but also you as like a teenager. One of the greatest ways you can improve your mental health is playing the exact same way that you used to as a little boy. So if you were a young boy and you used to like wrestle with your brother and you used to do like WWE moves, you, if you weren't going to like lie, if you just visualized wrestling with your brother now, even though you're older and still practicing WWE moves, you, you know for a fact you'd still kind of enjoy it. They might find it cringe, but you know for a fact you'd probably like get into it. How like as children, we used to go outside and we'd just knock on our friends' houses and like just go play and like, you know, do stuff on our bikes and jump over fences and we'd have the most amazing day. That is the exact same way that you'll find enjoyment, like the this, this same kind of like play style. So as a kid, I used to play a lot of like tag and hide and seek. And it sounds strange, but playing the same thing as an adult is so fun and it's so good for me that I want to schedule it in into my day and you can too. I know that you feel like you don't have much time for this or that it can sound cringe and you probably feel like you've got basically no one. This is the unfortunate thing is like you, even if you're down, you basically, it's, it's going to be hard for you to have anyone who's going to do this with you unless if you've got like someone who's much younger than you. If you have a younger sibling right now who's still in that like that childhood years where they want to play and wrestle and, you know, do random stuff, spending time with them 
and playing tag with like your little brother, that will really improve your mental health. Now, if your little brother's like 14 years old and he's jacking off and, and on TikTok and OnlyFans and stuff, probably not. But maybe even with your parents, you used to spend so much time with your parents, your mom would take you to some um, gardening stores or something and you just look around with wonder. And these days when we've cut that stuff out because we deem it as unproductive, we're missing that like wholesome adventure that we used to have. So here's another actionable step that you can do. I want you to do a fun audit. I want you to write down right now and think to yourself, over the last few years, what have been the most fun moments? Not the period. So don't say like, oh, oh yeah, you know, like um, winter last year was really good. No, no, no. Because when we think of a period, like a good couple of months or years, that's when it's, we're often, we don't really remember how fun it was. And we just kind of look back at it with a positive emotion because we grew a lot from that period. What I'm asking is, what were specific moments? Like, tell me like a 10 minute moment that was so fun. Or you might answer is like there probably was some random times where you played like some kind of game with someone that you cared about and you don't do that stuff often because it's kind of strange as when you get older and older to look over to your brother and be like do you want to wrestle and your brother's 210 pounds like full-time working he's got a wife and it's a bit strange but it's like if we broke down that barrier where it was unacceptable for two like adult guys to like wrestle for fun We'd, we we would significantly improve male mental health. And, and you know, like how people do this? They just go to a martial arts gym instead. Basically, when we're boys, we all wrestle, we all fight. And we actually, in a weird way, we actually kind of find it fun. It's just annoying that our parents don't understand and they always shouted at us. But as boys, even though you'd get hurt, you, you kind of found it enjoyable to just like wrestle with your brother or your sister. When you get older, you can't do that. And it's like socially abnormal to do it. And that's why so many guys will just join martial arts because then it's like, it's just normal in there. Now, along with this, another thing that you can do to improve your mental health is figuring out your what's called your signature strengths. So for me and my story, I thought that I was relatively bad at everything up until I was 21, 22 years old. And it was when I started posting videos to YouTube and I really created this version of myself who was speaking so loudly and encouraging guys to rise up from degeneracy, from being a Jeffrey. That's when I realized that I have a strength that 99.9% .9 of the world don't have. My strength is persuasive speaking and also leadership. And using those strengths, using those skills, I've been able to change my life forever. I have this fun, challenging work that I get to level up in every day. And this work has also then makes me like a lot of profit. It's paid for like all my travels around the world. I live an awesome life because I've been able to utilize what I eventually found as my signature strength. 90% of young guys don't know what their strength is because they haven't done enough exploration. You know, it's for me to find my strength of like being a YouTuber and giving advice. You know, I tried like seven businesses before this. Before you ever heard of me, I was staying up late with my laptop in front of me and I was making random dropship websites. I was trying to be e-commerce. I was trying to be a rapper. I tried so many things. I even tried multiple sports as well. 
And I know for a fact the reason why I became successful is because I tried like 12 things before I actually reached a good level of success. The reason why you're not successful is because you haven't tried enough things. It's simple as that. So many young guys have just not went through that period of trying more things. So what this practically looks like, you go and try five different business models, you go and try five different sports, all the different types of martial arts. And inside of that, naturally, you'll go and find the thing that you are just more talented than, than everyone else. So it's strange, it's very specific. But for me personally, I'm actually very bad at anything wrestling related. Now, which is strange because I'm actually very strong, especially for my body weight. I'm very strong, but I'm very bad at like technical wrestling, takedowns and jujitsu and wrestling, I'm MMA. I'm very bad at that. Striking, I'm pretty good at. Kicks, I'm pretty good at as well. But like takedowns, I'm very bad at. When I went to a bunch of jujitsu classes and wrestling classes, because I've always been very poor at that, I've realized, okay, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be like amazing at this. So if I'm not going to be really good to the point that I'm proud of it, then I'm not just not going to do it. I'm going to go and find the kind of sport that I'm going to be good at. What am I good at? Weightlifting. I'm, I'm fairly strong in weightlifting. On the internet, everyone talks about massive numbers, but... In the real world, I'm stronger than 99.9% of humans that have ever existed, which isn't like, it's not that difficult. I can squat like double my body weight. I can bench press over like 100 kg, 105, 110. You're just stronger than 99.9% .9 of humans that have ever existed, at least in this one static movement. That gives me a lot of pride and joy, and it lets me keep going back to that environment where I feel good and advanced. And so we want to find this for you. We want to find what you might be just naturally more talented than other people. And then we want you to use hard work, consistency, self-improvement to become even better. So first, you need to find what you're naturally talented with. Go and try 20 things over the next few years. Write this down as almost a reminder to yourself that your teenage years are just for trying things. Try as many sports as possible. And what you're specifically looking for is just to see if without practice, you are better than like most of the guys there. So you might, like you probably kind of know what it is, but it's not really in the forefront of your mind. Like when I was a teenager, if you asked me what's my signature strength, I wouldn't have been able to give you an answer, but it's, I kind of knew that a strength of mine was giving advice to people, but it wasn't really in my mind because I hadn't really been using it. It was only when I tried it through sport and through business. That's when it became so apparent to me where I was like, yeah, like everyone on YouTube fucking is, is so bad. Like this was my realization when I was 21 years old and I started making videos and my videos were just fucking miles better and actually helpful compared to every other YouTuber that I was watching. I was just thinking, if this is the standard of these professional YouTubers, I'll come in and fucking overtake all of these self-improvement guys, all of them. And I remember being there with 36 subscribers and there were self-improvement channels with 200k, 500k, 1 million. I overtook all of them. This is what you can do. There might be some random martial art gym that you join. And maybe it's boxing, maybe it's MMA, maybe it's jujitsu, maybe it's a team sport, maybe it's cricket, basketball, whatever. You try all of them and there's going to be one where in your first day, you're going to fucking wipe the floor with like 10 guys who have been training for months. That could be the one that you could keep going to and start training hard in. Because then you'll get that positive feedback loop where you're like a valued member of the, the team, the club. People like you, they see you progressing really quickly. So another actionable step, if this part of this guide really stands out to you, 
pause the video and just really think to yourself, okay, what things have I tried and what things have I had a strength in? And if you've got nothing clear, then really say to yourself, okay, what could I go and try? What do I think I might be really good at? What, when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine years old and I used to play with my friends, what was I quite good at then? So another thing that I was good at when I was younger, and I know I'm still good at this, was accuracy with small handheld balls. So with bigger <laughs> balls, like a basketball, my accuracy is not that good. But with a tennis ball or a cr cricket ball, my accuracy is very good. So I still know, this sounds abrupt, but like I still know today, I could actually become relatively one of like the best bowlers of the world in cricket. I just haven't pursued it because I, it's not something I'm very interested in. But I know that I'm genetically gifted towards being a bowler in cricket. And I know that I can put in hard work and I have perseverance, I have consistency, I have self-improvement. I could take over the entire like cricket bowling space and I could become one of the top like 100 bowlers of the entire world. I actually genuinely could do. Sounds, cr sounds crazy to say that. When you have the genetic natural talent, but then you've also proven that you can stick to something for years and keep getting better, like I have with business, with weightlifting. I know for a fact that this is a potential. You might be watching this in the future and being like, this guy's already like a famous bowler and he's talking as if like, you know, he's not started yet. Who knows? But you need to have some kind of understanding of yourself. Like I could say right there, like this is something that I know that I'm good at and I've got potential in. It's so good for your mental health. It makes you feel like valuable. So if you don't know that just yet, I urge you to not just like forget about this part of this guide. Really make the next few years of your life this, this big period of just trying so many new things. An often overlooked part of being happier and mentally healthier is actually having better physical health as well. Getting consistent in these healthy habits that we talk about on my channel with the self-improvement and this cult, this brotherhood of men. This is why every single day I make a video where I'm getting as many guys as possible to go into the gym, to meditate, to eat clean, to sleep right. Because when you do those things, you will undeniably be happier. It's just a fact. Now we've already covered in this guide that you will actually make more money and get higher grades if you're happier and you've got better mental health. So the weird way to get higher grades or to make more money, which is probably your goal, is to actually improve your health. The weird way to attract like a beautiful girl, like the most beautiful girl that you've gotten in your life, in a weird way, sleeping better will help you. Having better dental hygiene will help you because these things will improve your mental health, your happiness. And when your happiness increases, you're more attractive to other people. You're more attractive to getting hired or being a businessman or being a creator. So do not overlook your health. So many guys your age are literally like just handicapping themselves by sacrificing their health, like their sleep, to be able to study more or to be able to consume more or to work more. And they don't realize they're literally getting lower grades by doing that. I want you to feel like you are so like enlightened that when you hear of the guys who have been doing all-nighters to study for the exam, you're, you think in your own mind, like you might not say this to themselves, but you just think to your own mind, like, what an idiot. He's literally going to get a lower grade today because he's sleep deprived. I'm too intelligent for that. I know that sleep is very important. And so it's very valuable for you for the really the rest of your life, but at least the next few years, that when you've got some extra time, continue learning about the best health protocols the one major channel that i'd refer you to i talk a lot about it as well but if you really want the best source of information 
the podcaster and the scientist, Andrew Huberman. If you go and find his channel, if you search for Huberman Lab, he does like two hour long, unedited, like beautiful guides on how to improve aspects of your health using all like peer reviewed science. And the amount that I've learned from him and then I've implemented into my life, like there's so much specific things that people do which they don't realize is unhealthy. Like looking at your phone past 10 p.m. is very bad for your health. And um, waking up and not getting direct sunlight into your eyes in the first few minutes of waking up is also quite bad for your health. You know, like random things that you would, you know, like people online just say the same things over and over. Oh, sleep seven to nine hours and do this and do this. Huberman's coming out here with like specific things that you can do that will improve your health so much more than the average person. I understood dopamine because I was watching his podcast and now I'm like very aware of not frying my dopamine receptors. So make sure that this is now like a part of your life forever. Form this as your identity. I am a guy who is very healthy and who never sacrifices health for work or for more studying. I'll give you a few quick tips here, which I feel like many young guys need. Sleep is one of the most important things. It's such an easy way to improve your sleep is to just not check your messages or notifications in the last few hours of the day. So many guys at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. when it's almost time for bed, some guys are still literally seeing their notifications and then they've seen a message from like the group chat where a friend has insulted them. And now they're, they're in this like agitated state trying to go to sleep at 10 p.m. and they can't. And it's the same thing with the kind of content that you see as well. So if you do use like TikTok or YouTube and at nighttime, you quickly just scroll in, watching a little bit more, and then you see something that's triggering. Maybe you watch like an Andrew Tate video and he's shouting and he says something that clicks in your mind and you're like, oh my God, that's so true, I've got to do this. And now you're in this agitated, like activated state at nighttime and you can't relax. So exactly what I do, which you could copy, I start to like really make it clear that it's wind down time. So when it's nighttime for me, I'll turn off the lamp that I have here. And so my room's basically all dark and I'll put the brightness of my computer all the way down, close my blinds and I'll do things which I call like the, this is how I explain it to myself. It's only output. What that means only output means that I do things where it's only about me putting it onto the computer. So for example, I'm journaling, I'm writing notes, I'm scripting, I'm, you know, I'm doing things to the computer. What I don't want is like the computer, the internet to send things to me. I don't want to click on a random video at 5 p.m. and it triggers me and it activates me. I don't want to like go see some messages and it goes into me. I only want to go out. I don't want to see anything that could influence my emotional state. And so I'm in this sort of like output creative mode at like, 5 6 p.m when i'm getting ready to sort of wind down for the evening and that just means that when i do go and get into bed there's nothing that's keeping me activated this is just a small tip but the truth is the five percent of young guys who use this tip will undeniably sleep better than the rest and they'll get they'll make more money those guys who are going to follow that tip who sleep right and sleep consistently they're your competition with your grades and with your business. Chapter four, how to tame your monkey mind. A huge part of improving your mental health actually comes from learning how to deal with your thoughts. There's a phrase which I really like, and it's that you are not your thoughts. When I was 21 years old, imagine I'm there in my apartment and I'm just sat on the computer chair, just mindlessly watching random videos, and I've got junk food around me, I reach over and start smoking weed. 
and I just feel so depressed. And I feel the same thing about to happen where I, I feel like this barrage of negative thoughts are just arising and I'm trying to push them down. I'm trying not to think like, you know, negatively that I hate my life, but it happens. And I have all these negative thoughts in my mind. I'm thinking about like, I haven't spoke to my parents for a year. I'm living like a degenerate. I've just spent money on weed and junk food again, even though I'm broken. It just feels all awful to be in my own mind. This was the biggest pain of my sort of mental health journey was having what's called intrusive thoughts, thoughts of pure like negativity, conflict and, and, and pessimism. It was only when I realized that you are not your thoughts. You are the one who hears them. And if you are the listener, if you try and push down the thoughts, you actually make them worse. You know this already. So the way to overcome like your monkey mind, the way to overcome these intrusive thoughts, you know, the negative thoughts that arise is not to push them down, but to do something in completely different. It's to label them. If you simply just label whatever thought comes up as I'm having an anxious thought. Oh, that's just a pessimistic thought. That's an angry thought. Just that it seems so simple, but just doing that and saying it in your mind has such a huge impact through my worst moments of anxiety, depression. Labeling is what really, really helped me. I've almost like, this is something I don't actually speak about much on my channel because it's not really in my mind. But I've almost forgotten of what it used to be like to really have like bad mental health and have these intrusive thoughts. And I used to be so anxious. I could barely go outside without really getting agitated, thinking that I was going to be hurt by someone. I remember around that time, it was when I discovered labeling. And I actually, I did something interesting that you might want to copy. I got myself like a label buddy. So I would, let's say I'm going into the gym. And I'd get this, you know, this barrage of anxious, negative thoughts. That guy over there is on steroids. He's bigger than me. I'll fight him anyway. And this and this. That guy is there. He's probably racist. And he's going to think this about me. You know, they're just feeling really negative. I would label it as like, I've got negative thoughts. I'm feeling anxious. And then what I'd do is I'd go and message a friend of mine who was also using the labeling practice. And I'd message him telling him what I just labeled. And he was quite active on his phone, so he would reply back quite quickly and say like, oh, you know, well done, Hamza, that's awesome that you've done that. I remember that period of my life actually transforming and me feeling a lot less anxious from around that point up until now. And this is, it's so important that you can create the safe space in your own mind, because this is the only place, like this is your, your home 24-7 is your own mind. But if your own mind is chatting shit about you and it's constantly saying things which aren't even rational, it's going to be very hard for you to have like good mental health. So you need to understand how the mind works and you need to overcome the inner critic. The inner critic is that voice that just feels so negative. And if I can imagine for your situation, if you've been getting like worse grades than usual and you're feeling overwhelmed, that's when the inner critic's gonna get very loud. And if you try and fight it, it's gonna get worse. Use the labeling technique. Try and find like a labeling buddy that you know is going through the same things. And then also this advice isn't as quick, but do what's needed. If, for example, you're getting a bunch of thoughts like, oh man, you know, my grades are so low, my parents are gonna be pissed off. Do what's needed. 
you probably need to put in more work and take a big step back from whatever you're, sp you're wasting your time on content consumption, whatever it is, and do the work that's needed. For me, the negative thoughts would constantly arise with me when I'd buy weed and I'd buy junk food and I'd always be broke and I'd be so negative about where I was in life. And whilst I was able to silence that negativity with labeling, the truth is that all of those thoughts did not go away up until I fixed that problem. Those thoughts went away when like I stopped being broke. I stopped wasting my money on junk food and drugs. So do the work that's required. This is like an unpopular bit of advice when it comes to mental health because many people, they are pussies and they love to hear advice which is just quick and painless and you know, haha, we, we're all amazing here, be nice to yourself. But the truth is, as a man, you're not supposed to feel good. If you've been wasting your life, you're not supposed to feel good. You're purposely supposed to feel depressed. Gonna sound a bit horrible. I'd honestly say most people do actually deserve the depression that they have. This isn't me saying I hope that, you know, they feel bad. But most people, like everyone deserves the, the consequences of their actions. You deserve the cause and effect of what the things that you do. And so when people keep watching TikTok and you've spent a thousand hours watching porn in your life, you deserve to feel like shit. Now, you can hate me for saying this. You can hate me for saying the truth. Or you could make it so that you deserve to feel better. Make it so that you deserve to feel great, that you deserve to feel motivated, that you deserve to feel masculine by doing the actions that's required. If you deserve to feel depressed right now because you've wasted years of your life not being productive, doing the bad habits when you knew you shouldn't, why don't you go through this intensive period of self-improvement where you make it so that you deserve to feel awesome? Well, when you see that you're getting better grades than ever and your physique is looking fantastic because you've trained so hard and you've also been making money in your business, then you're going to, of course, start to feel better because you've done the actions for it. So many people want to overlook that like mental health advice because it's not as quick. It's not as sexy. But it is the truth. Now, another part of improving your mind is to have a mind of gratitude. Gratitude is one of the things that transformed my life. Basically, gratitude is like giving thanks for the thing that you have. And it's very similar to like the negative visualization practice that we did previously, where you'll realize how much you appreciate something if you really think about like the fact that you might not have it. I discovered the, the practice of gratitude in 2020. And I was taking this online course on, on mental health. And in the course, the teacher said to write a letter of gratitude to someone. So I picked my father and I remember having an empty page in front of me. And I'm just thinking to myself, there's nothing that I've got to be grateful for. He ruined my life. He was abusive. He was horrible. He was this, he was this, he was this. Oh, well, yeah, he worked hard. So I'll write that. He worked hard and he provided for us. But nothing else. No, he, he, yeah, I'm not grateful for anything else. He's, he hasn't been a nice person anyway. But he moved us to like a really good area and I got like a really good education. I could speak English really well. So, okay, I'm grateful for that. And we were born in Pakistan. He actually moved us all over to the UK. And I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I didn't move to the UK then. That must have been so difficult for him to move over 20 years ago before like the internet was really a thing. And before I know it, there's a whole page. There's two pages of things that I'm grateful for my father. And so I text him and I sent him a message saying like, you know, thank you for this, this, this. 
and he explained to me. I still remember his response where he said, You're welcome. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. In Pakistan, I had 500 people who worked under me. In the UK, I worked as a labourer. Before my family, anything. I finished writing the letter, waited for him to get home, and when I hear him coming up the stairs, I bring him in, and I sit him down and I read out the letter to him. And he's tearing up, I am a little bit, we hug, it feels you know a little bit awkward, but I give him the letter and I feel so much better afterwards. There's the first time I actually felt grateful for my father because I sat down and just thought about the question of like, what could I be grateful for? That's an actionable step for you right now. Pick maybe your father, your mother, and just ask that question. What can I be grateful for them for? Write it down as well, just so you can see the list kind of like accumulating and you can write it however you want, full sentence, whatever just feels right for you. Really just think like, what are you grateful for? What do you have that you might not have had if it wasn't for someone else? Just doing this practice will make you into such a more positive, loving person. But if you are willing to go to the next level, not many guys will do this, but if you will do this, write a letter to that person where you talk about all of the things that you're grateful for. You just keep it as a pure, like, positive letter. So don't write anything a bit absurd, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for you abusing me because then it made me stronger. Like, that's not, gonna, that's not a compliment. Write it so that it's really positive. It's just pure, the, the things that you're grateful for, and give it to them. Read it to them. Send them a picture of it. Send them a voice note of you reading it out loud. Just that one action will change your relationship with that person forever. Another thing that will change your mind is mindfulness. Mindfulness is kind of like your awareness, your presence, your ability to not be AFK. Like, you know that term, AFK, away from keyboard, when you're on the video game and then someone kind of needs to go away for a few seconds and they write AFK. The sad truth is that most people are AFK in real life. Like, you'll be sat with a friend and they're literally AFK in their own mind. They're elsewhere while sat next to you. Your mother will speak to you whilst she's literally thinking about something else. Most people are literally living lives AFK and it's very sad. Mindfulness is the opposite of that. That's when you're not AFK. You are here. You are present. You are like in this life, this world. And it's so beautiful to be around other mindful people. The way that you will become more mindful is through meditation. If you meditate every day for just a few minutes, you will significantly improve your levels of like awareness and you'll be a lot less AFK. So that's exactly what you want. On YouTube, I have a video which is like a 10 minute meditation follow along where you can follow along and I literally guide you with the breaths as well. So you hear me every five seconds go inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. If you just follow along with that and you really try and stay focused on like a particular point in your body and when you do lose focus when your mind does go away and you get random memories or random thoughts the point of meditation is simply to just bring the mind back this is the big thing that i really want to teach you here 
Many people think meditation is about staying present. Meditation is about clearing your mind of thoughts. It is not. Meditation is specifically about bringing your mind back from distraction. You need to understand that losing your focus is an absolute crucial part of the meditation process. There's been so many people, I would assume, honestly, millions of sad people who tried to meditate, who took action, who had potential, but they just weren't educated on how to meditate properly. And the moment that they lost their thoughts, they got kind of annoyed and then stopped meditating. There's the amount of people, basically everyone I speak to tells me that they've tried to meditate. Like normies I speak to, they're just in, in, the, in public and they'll tell, say, oh, I tried to meditate, but it didn't really work for me. I couldn't clear my mind off thoughts. I'm, I always have to try and tell them the fact that you tried is phenomenal. So many people won't try, but it's not about you trying to like stay focused. And if you've lost your attention that you've done it wrong. Meditation is literally about you losing your focus, but just bringing it back to that same point of focus again. That's the most important part of it. You will lose your focus. Just bring it back. However many times you bring it back is like how many reps of the squat or the bicep curl that you've done in the gym. Just keep bringing your focus back to whatever you're focusing on. For most people, it's going to be the breath when they meditate. Search up that video and just save it for after this. Put it into your watch later playlist. Just search Hamza 10-minute meditation on YouTube. And the final thing, and the final thing that I want to talk to you about in terms of thinking is the mindset that you have in life. You probably heard this by now. There's two kinds of mindsets that you can have. There's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. The fixed mindset is where you believe that you can't really improve on things and that basically like however you are in a certain area is how you're just supposed to be and how you'll always forever be. The hard work doesn't really change things. The fixed mindset is also that when you fail and you make a mistake, you often don't want to do that thing again. The growth mindset is where you understand self-improvement as a thing and you can get better at things, but also specifically that when you fail, you actually really are looking into why you fail so that you can do better next time. Chances are you're watching this entire video, you probably have a growth mindset. The truth is though, this part of this video over an hour in, I would say probably about 90% of people have clicked off this video and they're the ones with fixed mindsets. They're the ones who just got bored straight away. They didn't really get it straight away and then they just left. What people don't understand about having a growth mindset is that it's actually still not easy. The fact that you're here, just be honest, have you kind of wanted to click away a little bit? You've had random thoughts of other things that you possibly could have done. The fact that you're still watching this proves to you what the growth mindset is. It's not that the work is easy. It's not that you never feel like like not doing the work or flicking away and you're know, doing something else. It's difficult, still is difficult, but it's that you trudge along and you get it done. People with the fixed mindset, the moments that they don't feel like doing the work anymore, they think that's like the cue to just stop. The people with the growth mindset understand they've got to get the work done. So if you're here, I applaud you for that. I wish more people developed the same kind of like mindset and the the curiosity that you do and also the resilience that you do because for most of the guys who are still watching right now, they probably have had temptations to just stop watching this guide and go do something else. And so the fact that you're still here does show like a lot of great traits about you. Chapter five, understanding your emotions. This is something that will probably shock you in a few years from now. The average person their entire life is controlled by their emotions. 
Decisions that they should be making logically with a clear, rational mind, they are making with an emotional body instead. Right now, you're probably quite young, so you haven't made any massive life decisions just yet. But in the next few years, you will. Whether to go to university, what subjects to study, what route to go down to be an entrepreneur or get into a career, you'll make massive decisions. Trust me when I say, right now, you're probably on track to make all those decisions wrong. For all the years that we spend in school, not once did they give us a lesson on making decisions when it's one of the most important things that we could learn. Your body will experience emotions probably a thousand times a day. Excitement, sad, bored, boredom, lust, happiness, whatever. Loads of them. The issue is that most people will feel these emotions and have no understanding of how to deal with it, what to do with them, and how to keep themselves like sane on the right track. And these people always end up unsuccessful. It's the successful person who starts to create like a safety zone for big decisions and moments, which he knows he can do in like a logical mind. So imagine how fucked up this is. 10 years from now, you're away from home, your woman's still back there with your children, and there's another woman next to you who's smiling and holding your eye contact in such a fucking sexy, attractive way. And before you even know it, one thing's leading to another. Both of you are almost racing back to your hotel room. And you end up cheating on your wife and on your family. Imagine how fucked up it is that that happened because you were hungry. Something as simple as that. Those variables all put together... And your emotion of being hungry and not being satisfied with your diet could have been the, the thing that ticked you over the edge to cheat and basically ruin your life and your wife's life. How about another example? Tomorrow, today, you're rude to your mother. You snap at her a little bit and she like slightly cries when you're not in the room thinking that she's put all of her effort into raising you for the last years of your life. And the reason why you just ticked over the edge just then, because you felt kind of tired. Maybe a few years from now, you're getting into business and you've hired a couple of people and you're just having one random angry day and you end up firing a guy that actually was awesome to work with. A lot of people live their lives like this. Like they literally live their lives as if they're mentally disabled and they can't think clearly and they're randomly just acting out of their emotions. These, like, this is 90% of the population, by the way, and they are horrible to be around. They just flip around, changing decisions, changing their mind. And now I'm certainly like this, and I'm sure you are too. I'm not like some perfect, logical being only. I still have emotions. But there's a few things that you can do which are very quick to just take your emotions out of the driver's seat. And it's something that I call a decision-making framework. What you want is a list of questions that when you're going to make a decision, you go through that list of questions so that you're in more of this logical mind instead of just randomly making a decision with like a vague understanding of the situation. So what I'll do is I'll go copy and paste my own decision-making framework in the description. And so you can just see the kind of questions that I'll ask myself. You can copy that exactly how it is, or you can maybe like change a couple of the questions or take some off, add some, add some more on. Save that as like a document on your computer or maybe save the text on your phone. And then anytime it's time to make a decision, always come in to that decision-making framework. And it might be as simple as, for example, which workout routine you should do. Maybe if you should bulk or cut, 
what kind of clothes you should buy because you will not realize how much your emotions are dictating your life. Sometimes I'm taken aback thinking, what the fuck? I've just been pursuing something for months. And the reason why is because I felt an emotion three months ago. Like there's been times I've committed to bulking, right? Bulking is where you eat more calories so you gain weight. And I've gained 20 pounds and it's like so hard to do. You're eating six meals a day. And then I ask myself, why am I bulking? You know, so difficult. And I've traced it back to being in the gym. And there was a time when someone bigger than me walked past me. Someone bigger than me walked past me and I was so fucking insecure for a few seconds that I thought to myself that I should just bulk and change the trajectory of my future and eat more calories and change my diet just based on that. There's so many guys who are in the gym right now, like who are in martial arts gyms, who don't even fucking like it, who don't even enjoy it, but they're there just because they felt like a twinge of anxiety six months ago. Your emotions will have you acting in ways that is not authentic to you. Now, the two things that I've just explained, bulking and going to the martial arts gym, those two things can be seen as productive, but only if they're actually authentic to you in a logical mindset. You, you want to make sure you don't do many actions just because of your random emotions that arise. That's how you end up becoming a cheater. That's how you end up just being terrible at business and, you know, at studying because you just didn't have the emotions to study right now. It's so weird that as a man, in general, whatever your emotions are telling you to do, in general, it's so weird that as a man, whatever your emotions are telling you to do, in general, if you do the opposite of that, your life is going to be better. If your emotions are telling you to cheat on your woman and you do the opposite, your life's going to be better. If your emotions are telling you that you're too tired to go to the gym today and you do the opposite, your life is going to be better. If your emotions are telling you that you should cheat on your diet and you do the opposite and you stick to your diet, your life is going to be better. But so many guys aren't aware of their emotions and so they're constantly just doing whatever they feel like. And so I want to walk you through the most effective researched way of improving your emotions and sort of calming down the intense stress, emotion, anxiety. And this is through a breathing protocol called the physiological sigh. So when you're feeling super, super emotional, maybe something bad has just happened. Maybe you're feeling really overwhelmed and anxious and stressed. This is a breathing pattern that you can do then. And it's actually been proven that if you just do one of these breaths, like literally just one breath, as, as I'm going to show you, your emotions will calm down a lot. If you do like a whole minute of this, you're actually going to be much better off. It's just, you know, you, you're going to have to get used to like telling yourself to do this and actually following through. But this is how you do the breath. So the physiological sigh is two inhales through the nose. What we want to do is basically breathe as much as possible in your nose. And when you get to the upper limit of your breath, stop for like a second and then just squeeze in another part of the breath and then just exhale out of the mouth. This, my hand will show you the inhale and the exhale. And you'll see when my hand stops, which is when I've like breathed in it as much for a second. And then you just squeeze in a little bit more anyway. So this is what it looks like. Hopefully you can hear my nose as well. Do it with me.
it's important that you understand the pattern. We're breathing in as much as possible. And at the end of that, like you're the full amount that you've breathed in, you can just almost like squeeze in a little bit more of the breath as well. So now, do just one of those, a full breath in all the way, squeeze it in even more all the way out. Sometimes you can exhale for literally like 15, 20 seconds all the way out. You do one of those breaths before you're about to make a decision or when you're feeling super emotional and you'll be just so much better off. If this was literally one tiny habit that you did for the rest of your life, that anytime you got these intense emotions, you did one physiological sigh, imagine the trajectory of your life, bro. Literally imagine this one habit, just that one change, you might end up not cheating on your future woman and your children. Just if you implemented this one change, not even doing it 10 minutes a day or anything like that. Just whenever you felt super anxious, super stressed, super annoyed, angry, you did one breath. You might literally not ruin your fucking life in the future. You might not punch that random guy who's being an asshole to you. And you might end up like, like basically not killing him and not being sent to prison because you've just kept this one habit in mind. That's how powerful this like one little extra thing that you can do if you can just kind of keep it long term in your mind. Anytime you're feeling super stressed, remind yourself of the tactic. Just do one breath. Nice and easy. Chapter six, a plan of action for you. So I've taught you basically everything I know about improving your mental health. And now it's time for you to take action on this. The best way for you to take action and really see results is exactly this. Pick just one or two of the practical things that we spoke about and integrate them into your normal routine. If you've got your schedule written down somewhere, like for example, if you use like Google Calendar or your phone or whatever it is, put whatever the habit that you've chosen from this entire video, put that in. Do like a, a small amount of it every day for the, like maybe for the rest of your life. Maybe it's meditation, gratitude. Maybe it's like the social uh, connection and you want to spend time with people. You want to hop onto like video calls every day. Maybe it's like the acts of kindness, whatever it is, find a way to like put that in your schedule. So it's so clear. I'm going to do this healthy habit at this time. Now we want you to try and do it every day, but this is the important part. If you miss some days, which you absolutely will, it's okay. This is how the average man screws up on self-improvement. He realizes there's other habits he can get into, like meditation. And he says to himself, he's going to meditate every day. He meditates tomorrow. Okay, sweet. Meditates the day afterwards. Then he doesn't meditate for a day or two. And since he's missed one day or two days, he feels like it's pointless. And for some reason, he just stops doing it entirely. You've probably done similar shit to that as well. And it's stupid. It doesn't work. What you need to do is pick just one or two of these habits and say to yourself, I'm going to aim to do it every day. But if I miss a day, it's absolutely no problem. I'm just going to do my normal amount tomorrow. I'm not going to try and make up for it. If I miss the five minutes of meditation today, I'm not going to try and do 10 minutes tomorrow because it'll just turn really toxic into this sort of like binge starve cycle. I'm just going to try and hit as many five minute sessions every morning for the rest of my life. If I'm going to be alive for 70,000 more days, I'm going to aim for about 60,000 days that I've meditated for five minutes. If I do that, my life will change drastically in ways that I couldn't even comprehend. And finally, chapter seven, in two weeks from now, you have your plan of action. You're going to do the one or two habits and you're going to try and do them every day. This is the fun and important part. In two weeks from now, 
I want you to take that NHS mental health test again and then compare your scores. Once you've got your new score, come back to this video and comment below what score you started with and what score you ended with. And if you've made really good progress, explain before it, write something like how I did it so that you're giving value to other guys who are reading and maybe you'll end up saving someone else's life. So right here, right now, just do this quick actionable step. Just go onto your calendar or your phone or whatever and set some kind of reminder two weeks from now to take that mental health test again. And also I mentioned to you at the start of this video that I would tell you about the book that I always used to recommend to someone who was going on this journey because it really helps them to improve their mental health. That book is The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. So if you go and get that book right now, get the free P I'll go find a free PDF for you and I'll just link it in the description. Just start reading that book a few minutes a day along with the habit that you chose. The, the book is very good. It's like a, it's a it's such a good mindset and thinking book. It really tells you how to like think positively and gives you these kind of like mindset analogies, which just makes your brain feel so much more understandable. Please do come back in two weeks and tell us how you did. And I would even respect you if you ended up not even doing this. Like if you came back for two weeks and you were like, you know what? I didn't even do the habits. That would still be valuable because I'm gonna see these comments and I'm actually gonna to think to myself, okay, well, the next mental health video I make in a couple of months from now, I'm gonna to have to change it if this one wasn't as successful, if it wasn't as effective. And you give me you know, details, but you also try and give some advice to the guys who are reading and you tell them, okay, I didn't make any progress because this is what I did wrong. So if you're reading this, make sure you don't do the same things that I did wrong. That could really help so many other guys who are part of this movement. You've already seen this. This is not a normal YouTube channel. This is a cult. It's a movement. It's a mission of young guys who are on self-improvement, who are growing together, becoming top 1% men. And so I'm glad that you're on this path alongside us. I'm glad that you've joined our community. The more men that we can get onto self-improvement, improving their mental health, their physical health, improving their brain and their body, getting into the gym, the better the entire world gets. I want to be able to end off every year, 2023, 2024, and be able to think to myself, you know what? I made millions of men healthier and more productive members of society this year. That's exactly what we've done this year in 2023. I'm going to be able to say it even louder next year. And so if you're someone who's watched this entire video and you're willing to take some action in the actionable steps and the guides that, that I've given you here, then you're helping me fulfill my purpose, which I thank you for. I'll link the 10 minute meditation here. So go and click on that right now. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.